Okay, welcome back. Oh. I got uh, I got a new microphone. Oh, it looks, it looks good from it's here. It's the same as that one, which is the good microphone. And I didn't like the way my voice was sounding on those other ones. So I went and matched that microphone. Well, great. Yeah. Okay, so you want to pick up? I can pick up where we left off since you helped me. Yeah, well, it's July 27th. Today? Today is July 27th. Okay. You want to just tell us a little bit about Vegas? Uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Remember what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so. Okay. No, but uh, I didn't win any money and not a lot of money. Just didn't lose a lot, but. But you had a good time. I had a good time. Yeah, we celebrated your birthday, and that was what was important, so. Good. Anyway, it was nice to see Leslie there and Roger, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. Okay. Well, as you oh. said last time we were talking about getting just, out of just leaving I, Idaho and going to San Francisco. Right. And your mother always wanted to go to San Francisco. So really? she was very happy. Yeah. At least well what happened was uh uh when I got transferred, your mother stayed here to sell the house in Idaho and uh the market wasn't as good here as it as it is now, of course. But uh, she did, and I stayed. I'm trying to think. Oh, stayed with friends in California, and my sister-in-law and her husband. I stayed with them part time a few times for a while, and uh, the. Uh, your mother did sell the house or had a somebody had an offer and put money down on the house and then decided they didn't want it so she was having getting some good experience with her real estate work and uh, so eventually we did sell it and then when we she after she sold the house while I was still living there with her sister she came down and we went house hunting and we hunted all over northern california and marin county and that was supposedly the place to live and everything but uh it, it was pretty expensive and anyway uh we were looking around we went to uh over in concord some when the house we had in Indiana, the people that we bought it from, they were originally from Walnut Creek, and they filled your mother with all this stuff about how great Walnut Creek was, and so anyway, we had to go look at Walnut Creek, and it was just hotter than a pistol over there than when we were house hunting. So anyway, we stayed in a motel over there, and one of the things we did, we came up over the Venetia Bridge, and it was a lot cooler up here than it was down there in Walnut Creek. And so anyway, we finally we found a house that looked pretty good, and we could afford it, so we ended up in Venetia, California. And we were there till. Your mother died, of course, and but I stayed with your, with your aunt and uncle, and that was quite an experience. And your cousin, um, 
Which which aunt? Jimmy, Aunt Karen was here. Living in California at that time? They were living in California, yeah, down there oh, in yeah, Pleasanton. Yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, so, but anyway, and then your uncle Rocky lived down there in that area. And so they used to go, he always had a boat and a cabin and uh, all this kind of stuff, high living. And uh, so we would oftentimes, we'd go see him quite a bit. After we got moved in, and and uh, so you started school, and fortunately, uh, our your my uncle died, and left uh, a, me a, a little money, and we bought a truck when we were still in in Idaho. A pickup truck, so Leslie could drive it. I felt more comfortable with her driving a truck than a car. So anyway, we got to California, and we had bought uh, a new Mazda. And uh, anyway, uh, <clears throat> with the money that we had gotten, we ended up. You, we ended up with with. Uh, I bought a truck and traded that in and got a car. But the uh, you ended up driving the Mazda, if I remember correctly, and uh, it was a little car, and we traveled all Southern California and stuff in that little car with two kids, and uh, <laughs> fortunately we didn't have a dog. It so. was a really small car. <laughs> yes, but anyway, it was uh, pretty good. And the job in California, I worked downtown in the regional office in the financial district. And when I was uh, working, and I was staying with some friends in uh, Walnut Creek before your mother, you guys moved down there with us, and I would take Bart into the city all the time. So I got pretty used to riding Bart. And then when uh, we bought our house in Benicia, I got into a a van pool and in the van pool the, the guy that had the van pool he worked for the government for a different agency in the financial district because we worked in the the bill there was a section where all the government pretty much offices were and uh, while we were there um, my van pool drivers uh, brother was a dentist in town and it just so happened that this dentist, his wife is the one that was teaching you guys, teaching you in school in, uh, I think it was Grafton, Wisconsin, when you started school. Oh, really? Um, and uh, so it was kind of interesting because she would tell us about you. <laughs> <laughs> it was all lies. Yeah. I'm but sure. anyway, it's just a small world, so... Uh, and then I I went through several different positions down there in San Francisco. I was, we were there for till '91 when I retired. I got caught up in what they called a consent decree. The some woman had uh, <clears throat> she was hired as a I forget what archaeologist or something. And apparently 
they they had trouble with her. She wasn't much, didn't want to work or didn't do a very good job or something, and they tried firing her. Well, you, normally in the government, you have a year once you're hired to do it or get her. They can fire you without cause. Anyway, they they fired her, and so she filed a lawsuit that discriminated against her because she was a woman. And there weren't too many women working for the Forest Service as foresters or as professional <coughs> positions. And that started uh, this whole riot and that was going on in within the Forest Service. They had, and then when that happened, then they, there was uh, <clears throat> the gray, er, uh, gay people decided they were getting discriminated against. So they filed suit, yeah. and uh, there was a, oh the and then the men started complaining that about all these suits that were being filed and everybody's suing everybody else and there the Forest Service for this and that and so they they started trying to to file and they didn't do so good but. Uh, the judge decided that the Forest Service in California did not hire enough women, as there were women in the workforce. So he said, uh, you need to have the same amount of women working for you as are in the private workforce. Well, most in women in California were secretaries and did a lot of office work and stuff. There were... Even when I went to school, there were very maybe only two, three people in the whole class of forestry students, and so they never had a problem finding a job. But uh, anyway, so any time there was an opening for a position, they had to find a woman to fill it, and they were hiring women that really weren't qualified for most of the work. And then they they try to train them. They were making foresters, you know, out of these matchbook covers. You could get a job, or they'd hire people to be a oh yeah the game wardens and all this kind of stuff. Well, there was some outfit up in <clears throat> Washington or Oregon that that would uh, train women correspondence courses on being a forester, and. Uh, They'd take a couple of courses, and all of a sudden, they'd pass a couple of of courses, and they were qualified to, as like they were full graduate students, you know. So anyway, that was, and that sort of stymied all the transfers and promotions. And uh, anyway, the work we were doing was. <clears throat> Some of the did I did work as a regional appraiser, review appraiser in charge. I was a regional appraiser for a while, and I, and then we put together a program. Uh, the Forest Service was having trouble with <clears throat> how to value electronic sites on these mountaintops. And so we put together a program uh, with all these sales that we could come up with in California and different types of uses that were being made. 
microwave towers or uh, transmission towers and all different things. And so much for we <coughs> we come set up a system where, based on the use, the uh, and the people, the number of people that were being served, there was a value put on these things. And anyway, Washington ended up doing that region wide or nationwide for the Forest Service, based on the system that we had developed. So. That was pretty good. And then we, the Federal Energy um, Commission was putting, um, renewing licenses for hydroelectric projects. They had 50-year licenses. And so like PG&E and Southern Cal, Edison, and all those places were <clears throat> having to renew their licenses. And since they were on the government land, they <clears throat> had they had to get permits in addition to uh, all these other permits from the Corps of Engineers had control of the waterways, even on Forest Service land. The state fishing game, they were all had their fingers in the pie. And so even the Forest Service was had their fingers in the pie. And you could demand certain things. And, of course, everybody wanted to get all these improvements of, to help their business, like the fishing game. And so they had a re... <clears throat> uh, this all got put together into a environmental analysis. And uh, so we would... We had control because it was government land primarily. Most of it we worked with the Federal Energy Commission, FERC, so that was the nickname of the outfit. And um, that worked out pretty pretty good for me because when we also had these, uh, I, I was working also for one of the jobs I had was we had hydro or uh, transmission lines and used to work, deal with <clears throat> this fellow that worked for uh, Pacific Gas and Electric on their transmission lines. He was an Oriental fellow. And he he left them, and he started his own business. It was called the Right-of-Way Association or something uh, that he did. Well, anyway, after I had, <clears throat> during this this whole business, of course, uh, my boss retired and <clears throat> I applied for his job because I was in line for it. And the Forest Service had the deal where you had to go through all these hoops to when you wanted to apply for a job. You had a, uh, they would appoint a commission of usually two, three women and one or two fellas to review all these applications for whatever job it was. Well, when my boss retired, I got the job as acting director. He was director of lands and real estate management for the for the whole region. And I got the job as acting. Well, they wanted me 
to uh, set up the, uh, uh, I guess, uh, what you wanted to call it, the criteria to fill the position and everything. So they put together, the region did put together uh, two, two women and uh, one, there was two supervisors. One was a woman and one was a man. And then there was a woman in the regional office who was the director of wildlife. And the three of them were the ones that would look at the jobs and all this stuff and make sure you, one of the things you had to tell them how much you did to help diversity in the program and what you did for all these different things. And then in addition to all that, they wanted your uh, the skills you had for the position. Well, this one on, every time when they try to fill it, they'd advertise it, and they they wanted me to try to find pe- women to apply for the same job I was applying for. Well, for first couple of years, each, I think they re-advertised the job about three times because they didn't have any women to apply for the job. And uh, finally, they... <clears throat> I remember we, they had some woman, a woman from Chicago. She worked for HUD. Uh, I don't know what she was doing, but she expressed some interest. So they flew her out to San Francisco, her and her girlfriend. And they spent a week here in San Francisco. Hardly saw them. Never, didn't even ask about the job. All they wanted was a free vacation, which the Forest Service provided them. And then they said, no, we're not interested. So <laughs> they went back to Chicago. Well, that was about as close as we could come. Anyway, we kept they kept trying to advertise. And then they finally found a woman from the Bureau of Land Management who had been a, a supposedly a right-of-way uh, Expert or whatever you want to call them, a real estate specialist, realty specialist. So Washington interviewed her and decided they were going to hire her. Well, I found that out. But the Forest Service also had some uh, rules they sort of tried to follow. And one of them was if you interviewed one person on the, for a job, you had to interview everybody else that was had applied for the job and of course they never interviewed me well the reason uh, later on uh, and then the chief every time they kept rejecting the cert and the reason he told his staff that he wanted to find a woman for that job so they kept turning the job down well the job was advertised as a GS 15 and then after the first time, then they said, well, we'll make it a 14-15 a position where you, any 13s applied, they would get the job, and then after a year, they would be qualified to be a, a 14. Well, nobody, the same three people kept applying for the job, of which I was one of them. And then, yeah, after I think it was about the third third year for that when they found this woman and so they interviewed her and then 
when I, they did hire her, fill a position, and the first thing they wanted me to do was teach her the job because she didn't know anything about what we were doing or pretty much uh, anyway. Uh, and then I had heard from one of our uh, lawyer or from the Office of General Counsel that he had friends in Washington that said, oh, the chief said he wasn't going to, he wanted only to find a woman for that job. So I said, geez, that didn't sound good to me. Like they were kind of discriminating. And so I filed a grievance against the chief. And that went on for uh, after the, the, even before they found her, they, it started. And um, what they, when you file a grievance like that for something like this, I, I claimed they were discriminated against me because I was male. And that the uh, you had to tell them what you wanted to resolve your uh, thing, and so I said, I just want the job, you know, and that was the reason I was applying. Well, anyway, they finally got this woman in there, and she was terrible. I'll tell you, uh, to, uh, I she hated black people. We had a gal, one of the gals was working for uh, one of the other guys in the office there that handled the rights away, or the right-of-ways. And uh, she come in and decided she didn't like her, and she said that, and the girl was black, and she called her that black son of a bitch and she's no Jeez. fucking good. Oh, her language was terrible. We'd get in the meetings. So much for advancing diversity. Oh, jeez. It was just terrible. She, she had a really filthy mouth. Stuff we'd never even think about talking like yeah. that, you right. know, especially wow. in, the, in the business you're in. Right, right. Well, all this time was going on, there was this fellow that worked for the uh, uh, electric company he did he did right away work for him and then he started his own business and so in order after this my complaint and stuff and it went on it went on for a couple of years finally they decided they sent out a uh they they had an, an investigator from the office of uh EEO or whatever the hell it was. EEOC. Yeah. They had hired a private contractor to come out and investigate my complaint. And he interviewed me, and he interviewed my boss, and he interviewed the the two forest supervisors and the gal that was in the office there. And he interviewed, oh, I don't know who else. It must have been lots of people. Anyway, he put together a report. It was about an inch thick. And uh, then finally they gave me a copy of it. And in it, uh, there was, oh, my boss, she was a, a gal, and she was in charge she was a deputy regional forester, and she was in charge of, I guess, timber, 
uh, all the land programs and stuff that we had, some of these others, uh, the uses and things. So anyway, uh, she had, uh, when he interviewed her, the uh, EEO investigator, she told him how worthless I was (laughs) and what a bad job I was doing, how much I... This this didn't do to help diversity or anything, you know. All this kind of nonsense. Well, you know, what are you going to do? It's your boss. You can't. So anyway, uh, then so I got a after after all this time, I finally got a phone call or a letter from the chief's office, and said the chief they decided they were going to make this decision. Well, in the meantime, I had talked to the lawyer who had worked for EEO at one time. I mean, the Office of General Counsel at one time. He went into private business. And he was the lawyer for the male class that didn't get anywhere. So I had talked to him a couple times. And he said, you know, when I they finally decided they were going to make this decision. And so I talked to him, and I said, what do, you, what do you think I should do? And he said, well, he said, what will happen is he said they're going to take and make a decision probably to uh, deny your claim, and then you can appeal it, and they will take you, and you can go to Washington every time, They'll have all kinds of hearings with different people and all this stuff. And he said, you're going to have to pay for all your plane fare, all your time off, all these expenses, and they're they're still going to make up their mind any way they want to anyway. He said, so he said, or you can just throw yourself on the mercy of the chief and say, well, go ahead and make your damn decision and get it over with. He said, and he said, you never know what they're going to do. So anyway, I was thinking, well, I guess that's what I'm going to do. So one time when I was working earlier in in, uh, San Francisco, they had a, they were looking for, the, the Forest Service was part of the government, of course, and they had their uh, combined federal campaign, which was the same as, uh, oh, gosh, what the hell do you call the one? That, like United Way. Yeah, the United Way. And we they worked together, the combined federal campaign. They had, took these loaned executives, and that's what they were looking for. And uh, they... We, I volunteer. I was the only one who volunteered for the job because they couldn't find anybody that wanted the job. <laughs> so naturally, nobody likes to be asking people for money. So anyway, I got the job, and myself, along with uh, some other agencies, had people. Oh, there was a fellow from the Department of the Army, and there was a gal from... Uh, uh, office of personnel from not from the forcers but the personnel management from the it, Washington the force government has their own office of personnel anyway she worked 
there. So she she came as a loaned executor. So she was in charge of all the federal workers, but we worked out of the uh, United Way office in San Francisco. I'd go to work there every day instead of going into the office. And uh, they were they were giving us some training on how to uh, put some of this uh, programs together trying to get uh, money or the people to sign up to volunteer so which was and it was good and these these people they knew how to enjoy life they would party <laughs> quite a bit really and uh, yeah and we would go over to the presidio which was the army base there we'd go over there for lunch and and because we were all at loaned executives, most that we were treated as if we were GM fifteens or <laughs> you know, like better than a lot of yeah. army officers. Anyway, and uh, oh they were always having get togethers various places, housing and uh, the uh, uh head of the postal service there in in uh, San Francisco in that Bay Area, he was he was somehow or other he was involved over in charge of everybody the whole government part of this pro program. Well, anyway, this gal that worked for the Office of Personnel Management, she's the one that said, "Oh, she was telling me she was really nice, a uh, nice nice lady and." So anyway, she was telling me that at that time, the government was taking, nobody paid into Social Security from the government. Yet. Right. Well, they changed that, and they were changing the retirement system from the federal retirement normal to anybody new coming on would come on under what they call the Federal Employees Retirement System, FERS, they call it, and they still do these, these uh, acronyms, whatever you want to call them. But anyway, she said, if uh, if you were to be offered before they this date any retirement then you would grandfather into getting some Social Security when you retired. Because now, when after the program was instituted, you had to automatically, you didn't have any choice. But if you qualified for Social Security before that date, or you were uh, terminated before, or offered a termination or a change or retirement, uh, you could still collect it when you got your regular without any reduction in it. Well, most people that work for the government never paid into it, so they didn't have any. Right. Well, I worked on the steel plant, and I worked on a railroad and various places beforehand, and so I had almost enough to collect my Social Security, but not quite enough. But anyway, she said, make sure if... If I said, well, they had offered me early retirement because they weren't through a reduction in force. 
And she said, well, you save your paperwork because she said, you save that letter if they offered you that retirement. She said, because then you, when you retire, you'll be able to collect something, you know. So I, so I did. So anyway, she said, when after the program was over, and I, I enjoyed working on it. I worked on it for about probably six, eight months. And uh, she said... Gee, how how could could I get a job with the Forest Service? I said, "Oh hell yes, <laughs> you're a woman. They'd, right. be, they'd like, be glad to hire you." She said, "Well, who do I talk to and all that?" So I told her who to call and who to touch base with and stuff. So she did, and she got the job a job working in the personnel office at the Forest Service there in the regional office. So. Now, just to go back to when the the chief said they sent me a letter saying, you know, I had to make up my mind what I wanted to do. They said, you can appeal the decision, and they'll turn it over to the EO commission, and then they'll hold the hearings and whatever. Or you can just take whatever the chief says, make whatever his decision is. So anyway, after talking to the lawyer, I said, well, I'll just, because it was getting to be pretty miserable working. It was not enjoyable anymore. So I said, okay. So I was about to write to the chief and say, go ahead and make your decision. And about that time, uh, I got a envelope on my desk and it was one of these inner office envelopes. Okay. So I opened it up, and here was all my performance ratings when I was acting. Um, this was after they had the new Gale in the job. Right, so. right. And so I had I went over them all, and I never seen them because they never they never sent them to me. Normally, we everybody would get one, but I, I never did because I was just acting director. So, uh-huh. anyway, <clears throat> and I had great performance ratings, and by my boss who said I was worthless, and I was getting performance. Uh, my reviews were great. I was getting promoted money, extra money. Um, they have a weird system for uh, you get you depending on your ratings and in the pool and stuff you get your share of the money. So I was getting money, extra money, whenever they divvy it up and stuff. And so I said, "Jesus, you know, here she's telling them how bad I am." Mm-hmm. So I went back through my. Re- the report and in my report the, there was comments by the two forest supervisors and the woman about the candidates and of course they didn't say who the other candidates were but they said by far I was the most qualified and they stated all these good reasons you know mm-hmm. from from what I had put in there and yeah. stuff so I thought, Jesus. So anyway, I wrote to the chief 
I had to write a letter back and say, I'll rely on you to make the decision. But I said, you need to understand. He said, if you had any additional information to provide it. So I wrote all this stuff up about my boss saying all these terrible things because it turns out she was recommending to the chief who to select. And, of course, she was working under the guise of this... uh, trying to hire more women mm-hmm. under the court order, right. supposedly. Right. And so, anyway, I said, how in the hell could she say all these things? When here, you can see your own, with the she's giving me performance ratings, outstanding performance mm-hmm. rating, <laughs> and how good a job I'm doing, and then tell, tell you I'm not doing so good, or tell the EEO commissioner, the investigator, how terrible I was, all this other nonsense. And so I sent it in and then didn't hear from the chief. And I sent copies of my performance rating and stuff in there. And then it was a couple of months later, I get a phone call and they said, Oh, the chief wants to settle. Huh. So I said, oh, okay, <laughs> what's, what's his decision? And they said, well, they said, uh, he's, he said he, he, they're not taking any blame, of course. <laughs> of course. But they said, if you, it, they said, I guess it was amounted to, if I retired right away, they would uh, do all these things. They would give me the position that I would have had, which would have been a, a couple of steps higher. And right. they said, but because we have this <clears throat> person in there already, we can't give it to you. Right. But we can give it to you in name and on paper. Right, and then you can immediately retire. And, and you can immediately retire at that at that grade and stuff. And they they did they they put together pretty pretty much. They had, they listed all these steps that I would have gotten, step increases, mm-hmm. all my pay, and then it really helped my retirement. Yeah. Because it's you, you go with your high th- three years for retirement right. based on that. Well, it was based on all those <clears throat> that time. Nice. So anyway, and that was in ninety one. I had to retire just as a matter of interest. I I said, they said they wanted me out. I think it was the 1st of February if I'd have to retire. And this was in first part of January. And I said, well, we're right in the middle of a big hydroelectric project relicensing. I said, I got a guy working for me that's trying, he doesn't, really do a very good job and I said he's he needs some help with that and I said now I'll help him get that work done but I can't guarantee that I'll be out of here by the first of February I said that's the only only thing I need from from you guys the offer I'll take it well they come back and said no 
they, they can't wait that long. They said, we'll give you, how about if we give you another $8,000 if you just go ahead and retire, you know? <laughs> so they throw money around like it's, I probably could have gotten a lot more out, yeah, of, out of these folks. But anyway, I was just glad to get out because it was really getting to be uh, uncomfortable working around there. So anyway, that's why I retired. Well, it so happens that this fellow that had the right-of-way business, when I retired, he contacted me, and he wanted me to go to work for him. And I said, no, I, I really didn't want to. I got tired of that kind of work. So I went to work for uh, Ace Hardware Store in, Bo in uh, where did Benicia. Benicia, California. And he, at the time, John Madden was... Ever he was the spokesperson for Ace. Well, he would come around to the store, and they would film in the store oh. when he was there. And you know, he was always bullshitting. You could took a, you could get a free look at it, the inside of his trailer. I mean, right. his bus. Right. Yeah. He didn't. He was afraid to fly. Yeah. So he had to take a bus everywhere. I remember that. So he had this fancy ass bus out in the parking lot, you know, and everybody's <laughs> dying to get in there to see what it looks like. So every now and then he'd take a couple of the people working there in. So it was kind of interesting. So you got to see it. Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, but I got also. Uh, I started working. I had forty. I think it was forty-eight credits for my and I, I there's 50 58 and you needed 60 I think it was for, to, social security. for social security so I had to work for so I worked for about a year for him and in the meantime this guy kept nagging me to go to work for him he said he he thought he had a perfect job for me and uh, so anyway he said why don't you he said they they need uh, somebody that can talk to the Forest Service people in, in uh, it was Nevada and Southern California, and they said that uh, they're trying to get these uh, cell sites in for their cell phone service. And apparently at that time, the... <clears throat> All these companies that had bought all these licenses for these areas, they had a deadline on when they had to complete their thing. Well, what they all did was they all built up the cities where there was a lot of population because that's where the money was for them. Yeah, sure. And so they started, <clears throat> they were trying to get these sites on like Forest Service land, BLM land. They'd try to get... And they didn't know how to talk to the people because right. they they'd walk in and say, "Hey, we're want, we're going to put a site," and they tell them, right. "Forget it. Right. You know, we're too busy. We don't have time for that nonsense." You know. Right. So anyway, he's, they they talked to me and, and said, "You want to try it?" So I said, "Okay." So I I did, and just so happened these guys I had worked with. Uh, taught them how to do some of this stuff, and then I knew enough that it, they're busy and they didn't like to find all this extra work, and so I'd offer to do some of the work for them, 
and help them out, you know, and worked great. And so they first thing they did was they sent me to the uh, they had a big office meeting. It was it was called Cellular One at the time, up in Ishikawa, Washington, and they took everybody over to the San Juan Islands uh, for a week up there and uh, had their meetings, half-day meetings and stuff, and uh, they gave me a computer and the whole schmear, and uh, we had a great time up there. I mean, <laughs> food and and massages and the whole whole bit. Wow, wow. sounds nice. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, they were very happy with my work, and hmm. uh, so we got along good. And I, I made a lot of money working for them. My boss would get a contract with them, and I would get paid uh, by the hour, not by the job, but by the hour. Because sometimes these things take a lot longer than you. Right. Than you expect, and so I was making a lot of money, and your mother enjoyed that. We had more money than we could <laughs> shake a stick at. But you were still getting your retirement. Oh yeah, right? and Plus I, whatever you were earning. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, and then besides that, they covered all my expenses and then some. Um, so it worked out pretty good. I got mileage, and they paid all my airfare and traveling back and forth, and. The whole schmear. Anyway, then and then we we worked. <clears throat> it come along um, the turn nine. It was in nineteen ninety nine, year two thousand, when uh-huh. everything was going to go belly up right, on the, right. on the computer system, and so they, in order to protect themselves, they put in. They had to put in all these generators on these mountaintops where they were had power right. to because they were afraid they were going to lose the power and then they have the generators to work. Right. Well, that took getting more permits from the Forest Service and the different mm-hmm. agencies to put the, to put the generators in. Right. So that I worked <laughs> quite a bit of time on that and uh, worked out pretty good. But they never needed them, of course. Uh, thank God for that. <laughs> But anyway, so uh, when when did you stop working for them? I think it was about 2002, maybe. They they decided uh, to do more of their work and their hire their own people to do the do the work because they didn't quite understand working with these government agencies. Right. So, the, but I I was they were giving me a hard time. They wanted to say, well. Uh, why they wanted me to turn in all my meals, all my hotel bills. They didn't want to pay. The uh, We were working on per dime mm-hmm. uh, a big amount, $75 a day, something like that. Well, they wanted, they thought that was too much, so they decided they wanted to do it by whatever, whatever costs. And it just got to be too miserable trying to, and I said, "Oh, to hell with it!" No. So I quit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to. No, I didn't and need it, to did, work. Did you have enough credits by then for Social Security? Oh yeah, I I had gotten enough working for uh, nice. 
ACE, and then I also uh, got self-employment credit working for, and I had to pay. Oh, yeah, right. So that helped. I kept getting increases in my Social Security base. I only get about eight or nine hundred dollars a month, but that that fit in good with my retirement. Yeah. (laughs) So did you? you, So after that, did you? You didn't work anymore, did you? That was your last job. That was my last job. Yeah. So, when you think back on all this stuff, what was your favorite job? I mean, what what was the thing that you actually liked doing the most? Oh, when I was a ranger down in Tell City, Indiana. Yeah. Because. I was the boss. Yeah. And I I just liked the work that yeah. we were doing. It was interesting know. stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. A lot of things went on down there. That <laughs> fighting with the state legislature, and, but uh, that was that's something different. Anyway, I don't know. Did we use up all our time? Well, here? yeah. I mean, th- this is kind of free form. Um, we can talk about whatever you want. Uh, the idea on this one was we were going to finish up your jobs. Well, I, I I I was thinking the other day about when I started working in the steel plant. They went on strike uh, after I had been there a while. Before I wasn't there very long, but. They had gone on strike, so I didn't. You just didn't sit around, and uh, I didn't belong to the union, so I didn't have to carry a sign or anything. Right. But I didn't get paid, and so I got a job. There was an ad in the paper, so I went to work for this company called Markle Electric. I only worked about. I think it was only less than a month that the uh, steel before they settled the strike, uh-huh. and I went back there. But uh, what they did there, it would, they had a, a shop. They put together these little space heaters, and it was an old abandoned hotel down in uh, uh, not the nicest part of the their, city. The factory was an old abandoned hotel? It, uh, it was the, they put them together in uh-huh. this hotel. And my job was to take, and I had about four or five women that I had to take care of providing them with, each one would do something different. Like there was one lady, all she did was wrap wires around these ceramic cones or things. that, uh-huh. And then there was another woman who would take those, put them into a, onto a like a plate put them through the holes in the back of it or something and, okay. uh, these were the elements that in there and then they went to somebody else and my job was to provide them with the materials they needed to do this work and they all worked piecework huh. and they were all women and they were just as nasty and miserable as could be because (laughs) they were if you didn't get there when they run out of material they weren't making any money and they didn't like that and they'd accuse you of screwing some of these women (laughs) 
screwing this one or that one or what what she doing for you you know right, that right. kind oh of my gosh. oh and it was terrible I'd just run like hell and then all of a sudden the the alarm would go off and that was you got a 10 minute break <laughs> and then the alarm would go off again and you started running oh, oh, I, I, I'd go home pooped I'll tell you it was just and you had to keep getting the stuff to, to were, give it to her yeah, you were glad and then she'd get them done and you had to give them to the, somebody else and, oh, yeah. and like I say it was all money to them it was right. I said boy I know you learn a lot when you you don't want to do it, live like that. <laughs> Gee. So, anyway. Yeah. But right. uh, Okay, so we've covered the jobs. What do you what do you want to talk about next? We've covered the family, the jobs. You want to talk about Judy? You want to talk about the family? The yeah, family. we could talk about we could talk about Judy a little bit. I mean, that's going to uh, be a, that's going to be a tough one. But, yeah, but, but you could tell us about how you well, met, yeah, how married, well, and your lives together, and all that, and then, uh, and then after that, we can talk about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have um, at least one discussion about your cat, about the rescue of the of cat. Your yeah, okay. uh, I also at some point want to just talk about. You know what you're doing now, your friends and mm. your activities and your house and all that. Um, but then, of course, whatever okay. else you want. I mean, we t- we talked a little bit about your military service. I don't know if you want to go into that more or not. But um, ultimately, it's up to you to decide whatever you want, whatever you think would be interesting to talk about. Um, and we don't have to devote every. You know, right now we're doing sort of chunks. Because these are big topics, but um, you know, okay, maybe next time we'll talk about Judy, and then uh, yeah, I, I I could spend a little time. I'll tell. I'll start with how we started, how I when I met her, and yeah. that kind of thing. So yeah, okay, that'll be good. All right, so I'm going to give you another chance. Do you want to talk about Las Vegas? Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it was. I hope you enjoyed that expensive dinner. No, it was fun. Yeah. I I had a good time. I always have fun down there. We need. I do too. Yeah, we had a little family kerfuffle, but we're just going to not talk about that. Um, it was. It, yeah, it was a good time. We need to. We need to spend a little. I, next time we go, we need to be be there for a little longer, because it felt too short. We well, yeah, I didn't Friday. even I didn't even hardly see you there. Well, no, but that's because I wanted you to spend time with Leslie. Leslie. But um, yeah, maybe next time we'll we'll add an extra day so we can do some of the stuff that we talked about doing and did, and didn't end up doing. Okay, um, sounds good. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. Well, let's just wrap it up and uh, we'll get to, we'll get together next week. Okay, sounds good, Mark. Thanks. <laughs>